doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. One of our favorite guests is the professor of political science at the University of Indianapolis, Dr. Laura Wilson. The good doctor always breaks things down for us without bias. And doctor, that's why we love having you on this program. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I love that introduction. Thank you so much. No problem. So let's get into it. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Last night, you had options. You had Tucker and Trump, and then you had the GOP debate. What did you have your eye on last night? Well, so part of it was the candidates that showed up to the debate um, without Trump on the stage, right? They had the opportunity to diversify themselves. So I was very interested to see how they set themselves apart, uh, how the audience responded, quite frankly. Um, and, and then also having a separate event with Donald Trump, right? Looking at in terms of the numbers of people who are paying attention, who turned in, who tuned into what? Uh, I, I feel like there was a lot of meat for Republicans last night, and especially because it is a very crowded race, but there is only one person at the top and handedly at the top, and that is still former President Donald Trump. Seeing how the candidates were able to separate themselves in a certain way, but for many of them, maybe not Chris Christie, but for many of them being very careful not to separate themselves too much from the obvious leaders thus far in the race. That was by far the biggest thing I was looking at. So you were looking at that. Anything that really kind of took you back by surprise? Like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Like, for me, it was like, it was kind of electric there, that, that first hour. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to be. And, and, and you know, on the flip side of that coin, I, I covered the Trump-Tucker interview, and I wasn't really that overwhelmed at all with that. What surprised you about either one of those two things? Well, well, both. Let's start with the interview. It felt like a greatest hits reel uh, yeah. to me, and and I will say I tuned into the debate and then watched the interview later. So that just tells you priorities there, I guess. But uh, mostly because I wasn't sure what to expect in the debate. Um, and and what I think was interesting in the debate, first of all, uh, the Richmond North of Richmond song, the Holler, Oliver Anthony to open with that was really interesting. And there was the first hour, probably hour fifteen. I felt like flew by um, because I thought the moderators did a pretty good job. They'd open up with a, you know, the candidates got their introductory remarks, but then they came after them and said, yes, but, you know, for Chris Christie in your state of New Jersey, right? And and they would go after the individual candidates. Um, of course, the candidates went after themselves, too. And having that many people on stage, I think you get a clear sense of winners and losers. I always like to look for what is the line of the night. And I thought, for Vivek Swami, he really separated himself from other people. Uh, some voters will not like that, but I think especially for a libertarian voter, he was probably the most attractive candidate there. And he was really curious because he said that he felt Donald Trump was the best president of the 21st century. And you know what Vivek Swami is doing? He's running against the man he said is was the best president <laughs> that we've had thus far. I, I thought that in and of itself was uh, was a pretty interesting moment. I think that might have been, I thought, the highlight line, certainly the one one of the biggest takeaways there. What do you think it is about Vivek that polarizes? It, like, everybody on that stage was, seemed like they were annoyed or attacking Vivek, including <laughs> Mike Pence, who I think he was the, one of the first guys to go after Vivek, like, just out of nowhere. What does that say about Ramaswamy, the fact that everybody on that stage went after him? 
Oh, yeah. Well, he separates himself, I think, naturally in a certain way because um, you know, he's this upstart entrepreneur, like very clearly not part of the political scene. And that is definitely going to appeal to some people. But when every other person up there is a longstanding Republican and many of them in their introductory remarks basically read off their resume of all the things they've done, right, his position is different. I, I thought he really stood out, especially on foreign affairs when we're talking about um, continuing money to Ukraine. DeSantis says he wasn't sure if he would do it, depending on, on Europe. But Ron Swamy is absolutely no. Like, he, he would not do that, whereas most of the other candidates said they'd be more inclined to do so. So I felt like his opinions were actually probably the most different. And sometimes that's hard in a primary because, quite frankly, they are all Republican, right? There, there are certain things that we expect are going to be commonalities. And you don't win a debate if you're on stage saying, yeah, I agree with everybody else. Right? He was able to very clearly separate himself. When you have all the other candidates attacking you, on a certain level, that is a victory for the candidate being attacked, quite frankly. In this case, last night, I think Ron Swamy. And we had a Twitter poll up. Uh, who do you think won the debate tonight? Ramaswamy, overwhelming with that. I've seen the same results on other online social media polls. Uh, second and third, you could rotate Nikki Haley to Ron DeSantis, but those pretty much are the three that I think most people say had good nights last night. Let's talk about the folks that did not have a good night last night. I think this was a rough night for Tim Scott because normally, He's a dynamic speaker. He can deliver his message very clearly. I forgot he was there last night, Doctor. Well, and and that is the challenge. I I, I think he there were a couple of candidates that just didn't quite get the same airtime. I think it's hard to be dynamic when you're competing on every facet, right? You've got folks to your left and to your right. You're trying to separate yourself, um, and you're and you're also very careful in terms of the message you're giving. I agree. I it may have just been an off night for him. It could have been the circumstances. I I didn't think he quite shined um, the same way he could. And, and on the flip side, you mentioned Nikki Haley. I was very impressed with her. Now she had some different opinions that I, I'm not sure will resonate with all the voters in the primary election. Uh, but in terms of uh, shining on stage, being charismatic, articulate, I, I thought she nailed it. And it probably helps in a certain way. <laughs> Everybody else is wearing their red tie with their navy suit. It is the uniform du jour. Uh, but she stood out uh, not just in terms of her presence on stage, but I think a lot of the quality and some of the things that she said as well. Dr. Laura Wilson, uh, University of Indianapolis, a professor of political science here on the Hammer and Nigel show. You're somebody that um, teaches kids about debates. You teach your students how to debate, how to prepare for a debate, how to, you, you've moderated debates. Um, let's talk about the moderators for a second, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer. How do you think the moderators did? Generally, I thought they did a good job. I loved, I noticed this before, but I think we should do this more often just in the world of debates, that they followed up the opening remarks with a question. And they came prepared. They had their research. They were fact-checking, I think, as best as you reasonably can. And it's really hard to do in live time, especially when you've got eight candidates up there all attacking themselves but also trying to appeal to the audience. Uh, there was the one point where they shushed the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Having done this, I was like, oh, my gosh, we can do that? <laughs> had the power. Um, on, on one hand, it feels patronizing. On the other hand, I get it. Yeah, you, you do want to be able to focus. But I, quite frankly, as someone watching from home, 
home, I love hearing what the audience responds to, both the boos yeah. and jeers, but also the cheers, because that's your proxy in terms of like, how is this resonating with other people? Not just my thoughts are like, wow, I thought they really landed that line or, ooh, that's a really controversial perspective, right? Your audience, your live audience is going to tell you just in real time a quick snapshot of that. Um, you know, you can't have them unruly. <laughs> but I think overall, I felt like they did a good job. It's probably nice to have two moderators there, and we haven't always had that. I could see that model being really effective going forward, too. The one thing I did kind of roll my eyes at is we got an aliens question last night now i'm not going to sit here and say that aliens isn't a fun topic but of all the things that uh, these folks have gone back and forth on all night long running out of time i don't know if we needed to squeeze in aliens and that went to chris christie and he felt equally as offended i think and aghast that that was up on the list. I don't know if that is something that really resonates with voters. I They covered, look, they covered Russia, they covered foreign affairs, they covered the economy, they covered abortion. I think they probably could have spent a little bit more time in terms of border control policies and, and other things that I would imagine voters want to hear more of. Um, I, I might be slightly out of touch there. It was not on my bingo card of topics I expected they would go <laughs> yeah. through. I will say at least I'm glad they waited till the end, because if that was part of the opener, I'm not sure I would have stuck around much longer. Yeah, you mentioned the border, and that question didn't get addressed until about an hour in, way after climate change. And I think it was a candidate that actually brought it up initially. Um, talk about the format, the debate format in general. Do you like this style of format where it's it's one guy talking for a minute and then oh you said this other guy's name so they're going to give him another 30 seconds oh he said this guy's name what about the format is is good and bad in your eyes well the the positive when a name is mentioned right they automatically get an opportunity for a rebuttal and a, a candidate loves that because otherwise you're being trashed and sure. you're sitting there you have to take it but that clearly is, has a disadvantage, which makes it entirely chaotic. And there were several times the moderators had to jump in. I felt like all the candidates were fairly respectful. But they'd say, no, no, you already had a chance to address this question. And I will say that can be challenging as a moderator because in the ideal world, you let everyone have an infinite amount of time to completely go through the topic. And, and then nobody tunes in because nobody wants to hear that, that kind of debate. So I think it's balancing the chaos and also, quite frankly, the equality of making sure everybody has the opportunity to have their voice heard. And they don't they don't have to use it. They don't have to take it. They can be a little bit more aggressive or less aggressive. That's, that's tricky. And, of course, I can't emphasize enough, anytime you have, quite frankly, I think more than three or four folks on stage, it is just going to be somewhat of a bloodbath because you are elbowing your way for time, even in a two-hour with commercial debate. You you've got to fight for time because that is you know you're coming down to single digit minutes just because there are so many people on stage and that in itself is going to be chaotic too. I think we were literally a few seconds away from Brett Baer standing up, taking his belt off like everybody's dad and yelling at all the candidates on the stage at one point. Uh, Dr. Laura Wilson, professor of political science. Doctor, we appreciate your time. And again, if you see the Hammer Boy walking through the halls of UND, uh, you've got the green light to just smack him upside the oh, head. Yeah. Go full Frank the tank and old school make him go get you a fresh lemonade like do whatever you have to do i'm excited to be on campus this year <laughs> doctor thank you thank you it's the hammer and nigel show